Recorded by The Way in Brea. Lead pastor Von Jarrett has a heart for the people at The Way and a desire to reach the lost. The Way's production department prays this message is a blessing to you and that you find yourself closer to God through application. who watches uh, cartoons, you know, so I have to lean on our pastor and find out what these characters had, like what their powers were. And, and you know, I knew he flew around, but I, I, I don't, you know, I didn't, I didn't know he has these laser beams that I guess he can like knock down walls. And so, um, and then Iron Man, you know, he's equipped with um, all kinds of different, you know, technology and this crazy suit that, you know, is um, unbreakable. And then this one, I don't even know this one, Storm from X-Men. Apparently she can control the weather and use lightning to like, you know, destroy people and, and save people. Um, <clears throat> but what's common between the real life heroes and the superheroes we watch? They save lives, right? They save lives and uh, they basically get rid of the bad guys, right? They either arrest them, kill them, put them away, send them in a different galaxy, I don't know. They, you know, they, they say lives. Um, for the most part, we all have the same understanding or expectation of what heroes of this world would do in critical situations, right? Amen? Amen? Okay. So, <clears throat> before we uh, get into the Word, I just want to pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for just... Um, um, your passion, your compassion, Father God, for us, Lord. We thank you for always seeking to help us, Lord. We thank you for uh, being our protector, our healer, our counselor. We just ask you, Lord, um, to do something special this morning as you, as you wish to, Father God. Uh, your word tells us that um, your word is uh, sharper than any two-edged sword, Father God. And we ask you to help us open up so that you may operate in us, Lord, in the areas that you, only you know that we need you in, Father God. So help us this morning. We love you. We thank you. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. <clears throat> so this morning we're going to focus on uh, how Jesus is the archetype of the hero. So the first, uh, the first scripture I want to um, go through is going to be in John Chapter 4, verse one, 1 through 30. It's a little bit long, but uh, bear with me. Uh, Jesus knew the Pharisees had heard that he was baptizing and making more disciples than John. So he left Judea and, and returned to Galilee. He had to go through Samaria on the way. Eventually, he came to the Samaritan village of Sychar, near the field that Jacob gave his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, 
and Jesus um, was and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said, Jesus, <clears throat> you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Jesus replied, Anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I, I, gave, I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here to get water. Go and get your husband, Jesus told her. I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, you're right, you don't have a husband, for you have five husbands, and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth, sir, the woman said. You must be a prophet. So tell me, why is that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship while the Samaritans claim it is here at the Mount Ger Gerizim where our ancestors worship? Jesus replied, Believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on, the, on this mountain or in Jerusalem. Your, you Samaritans know very little about the one you worship, while we Jews know all about him, for, the, for salvation comes through the Jews. But the time is coming, indeed it's here now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who worship him that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship Him will worship in spirit and in, and in truth. The woman said, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ. When He comes, He will explain everything to us. Everything to us. Then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. Jesus then, Jesus, uh, just then, His disciples came back. They were shocked to find him talking to a woman, but none of them had the nerve to ask, what do you want with her? Or why are you talking to her? The woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village, telling everyone, come and see a man who told everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So the people came streaming from the village to see him. So I think <clears throat> Pastor just recently shared this passage, 
And, um, you know, I, I was just thinking, how would we, if we were in that position, normally deal with, with that? You know, a, a, a person, a stranger or a friend that is, you know, just going through a lot, has gone through a lot. You know, five different husbands, is currently living with someone that is not, you know, uh, that she's not married to. Um, I think, or at least, uh, you know, most of us, we try to avoid, you know, what really is happening there, right? It's just so that it's easier for both sides, for both the person that, you know, how embarrassing was it for this woman? The, the deepest secrets that most people didn't know, Jesus knows, right? And imagine having to tell someone the, the, their deepest secrets, bringing it to their, you know, um, to their to their attention, to their face, so that they can, so that they can deal with it somehow. It's not easy. And I remember, you know, and, and I struggle today still. I mean, I always when I ha- gave advice or try to love on one of my friends that was going through something, we never dealt with the truth. We were always just dealing with, you know. Um, the outside, like just, you know, just to comfort them for a few minutes and that's it. And say everything's going to be okay, right? Where Jesus here, he's, 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 his heroic way here is so different than what we're used to or how we would deal with it, right? He's saying, no, you got to deal with the truth. You got to deal with the sin you've been living. And it's just different than how we would, I think, normally deal with it. Uh, I don't think we would see this in a way that um, bringing the past or the current sin to, lot, you know, to, to the present is a way of uh, dealing or would help this person. But at the end here, the Lord just, just spoke to me as we're reading, at the end, she's running to tell the village and testifying about her most embarrassing thing that she ever experienced. Right? That's what it says. It says she ran back telling, this man knows everything about me. You guys will have to come and, you know, see him. So uh, there was healing there. You know, there was healing there. And the Lord, uh, you know, was able to help her with that. And um, so, again, this is just, we're going to go through different ways of how he, you know, we're going to see different ways how his heroic ways are versus how we see it. So this one here uh, is basically saying, you know, I'm going to show you your past, and I'm going to show you what you're currently dealing with. Um, I don't think we, the world, sees that this is the, the best way of handling it. But obviously, um, his ways are greater than our ways. Amen? Um, So another, uh, uh, another passage is John 8, verse 1 through 11. This is the woman who, got, who, caught, who was caught in adultery, okay? So same thing, right? You have one lady that was just, you know, uh, in sin, five different marriages. The one she's living with is, you know, she's not married. And this one actually gets caught in the very act. Um, Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives, but early the next morning, he was back again at the temple. A crowd soon gathered, and he sat down and taught them. As he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. 
They put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? They were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer. So he stood up again and said, All right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, Where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, Neither do I. Go and sin no more. Here he takes a different approach, right? He's not bringing up, he's not even highlighting anything about what she just got caught in. Instant, you know, um, instant saving, instant grace, right? Um, instant mercy, right there. Didn't even highlight it, didn't say anything. She just said, daughter, go. Go and sin no more, right? So I think most of us obviously prefer this type of saving, right? Amen? <laughs> let, don't bring up my past. Don't tell me what I'm doing wrong right now. Just help me and let me go my way, right? So... Here, it's such a different uh, contrast from the woman who was at the well versus, you know, the woman here um, that was caught in adultery. Um, so, this one's pretty cool, too. This is uh, in the book of Daniel. Um, this is uh, chapter 3, verse 8 uh, through 25. But some of the uh, astrologers w went to the king and informed informed on the Jews, they said to King Nebuchadnezzar, love the, love the king, no, long live the king, you issued a decree requiring all the people to bow down and worship the gold statue when they hear the sound of the horn. Flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and other musical instruments. The decree also states that those who refuse to obey must be thrown into a blazing furnace. But there are some Jews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, whom you have put in charge of the province of Babylon. They pay no attention to you, your majesty. They refuse to serve your gods and do not worship the gold statue you have set, set up. Then, excuse me, then Nebuchadnezzar flew into a rage and ordered that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought before him. When they were brought in, Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you refuse to serve my gods or to worship the gold statue I have set up? I will give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue I have made when you hear the sound of the musical instruments. But if you refuse, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. And then what God will and then what God will be able to rescue you from my power? Shabak, Meshach, and Abednego replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the 
God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. Your majesty. And it's, it's, this is so cool how they're respectfully denying him, right? Uh, but, even if, but even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. Nebuchadnezzar was so furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that, this, that his face became distorted with rage. He commanded that the furnace be heated seven times hotter than usual. Then he ordered some of the strongest men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So they, so they tied them up and threw them into the furnace, fully dressed in their pants, turbans, robes, and other garments. And because the king, in his anger, had demanded such a hot fire in the furnace, the flames killed the soldiers as they threw, them, as they threw the three men in. Shabak, Meshach, and Abednego, secure, securely tied, fell into the roaring flames. But suddenly, Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in an amazing and exclaimed to his advisors, didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did, they replied. Look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men abound walking around in the fire, unharmed, and the fourth looks like a god. So here we have a blazing furnace, you know, like we mentioned, some of our heroes of this world are firefighters, right? When there's a you know, building that's on fire, what is their job? Job is to go in there and rescue lives and pull them out, right? Get them out of the building so they don't die. Here, Jesus decided to do it a different way, a way that we're not, you know, that we think is crazy, honestly. Like, why are you allowing them to go in there? Why couldn't you just have some, you know, flames come down into wherever Nebuchadnezzar was and, and just, you know, destroy the situation before they had to walk into this furnace? Why? It's just different the way he does things. The different from how this world looks at what a hero is. And um, so in this situation... He allows his three sons that faithfully, right, um, and courageously stand up um, for him. He says, nope, well, you guys are going to get tossed in here and, uh, and you know, and, and potentially, you know, as they said, even if he doesn't save us, we're okay with that. You know, they, they had faith. They knew where they were going. So just another crazy way of him being a hero, he allowed them in. Um, uh, he allowed them in, and he actually went in there with them. Right? He met them in the fire. Um, I hope we all receive this. But when he does things his ways, it's blessing so many of us. You know? Can you imagine like all the people that witnessed that? Right? We're focusing on the three, but all the people that were there. Seeing, you know, hearing how, who they're proclaiming, right, and the faith that, that they had, 
and actually seeing it come to life, like saving them, how many people were thinking about who is this God? Who could do this? Who could? That's a crazy God. Allowing him to go in there, then meeting them in there, and then saving them. Just completely different than how we think heroes, you know, um, are. Like the firefighters, they are heroes. God blessed them, blessed their heart and and the, the courage that God gave those, you know, all of the heroes that we mentioned to be able to go out there and sacrifice their life. Uh, but it's different. There's, um, we have the physical and we have the spiritual, right? So, um, next, disciples, uh, Peter's death. Um, this is John 21, 15 through 19. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon, Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question. Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said. You know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time he asked him, Simon, son of Son of, where am I? Sorry, guys. Um, third time. Do you love me? Peter, Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. I tell you the truth. When you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself and went wherever you wanted to go. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. Jesus said to let him know by what kind of death he would glorify God. That's tough. That is tough. <sighs> you know, is that a hero that you know we think like heroes of this world? We're trying to guide people away from death, or you know, um, but here he's 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 telling him you're gonna face a death that you you don't want to you're not gonna want to go to. Um, yeah, uh, it's just different than what I think, you know, I would do if, if my, my brother was in a situation, like if I knew something that was coming ahead, like I would tell him, go this way, where here he's saying, no, you're going to go this way, you're not going to like it, but it's, it's the only way, um, and, I, and I'm sure we've all been in situations like this, right? Where, you know, for example, um, I think I've shared with you guys uh, the story where I was in a position to, with a friend of mine, to basically, <sighs> to give a glove that he assumed I stole from him, right? You guys know that story, where I had to die to myself. I, he, I knew where I was going, just like God's reminding me. I didn't want to go there. I didn't want to go there. But 
That was the only way to honor God. That was the only way to allow God to possibly work in my friend's heart, right? And that was something that, you know, like, same thing. I didn't want to go there. I wish there was another way. Like, I just don't have to talk to the guy anymore. That's it, you know? We just work together, you know? Um, but it's the same thing here. I think we're all in positions here where the Lord tells us this is the only way, and we just, um, we just need to trust him. It's hard. It's not easy. It's definitely not easy. But we just have to trust his ways for our life, his will. Um, and he'll, he'll receive the glory. He will receive the glory. And it's, you know, he's receiving glory right now through this testimony. It's all him. Nothing of me. It's all him. Right? So the more we trust him, the more we allow him and listen to him, uh, the more glory he gets and the more we all get blessed. Um, by it. So imagine the disciples, right? All these times that, all this time, they walked away from everything to follow Christ. They did, you know, everything. Um, uh, they laid their, their life down for Christ. And, um, they, you know, they were all martyred in different ways, right? Killed in different ways. Is that a hero? Like, you know, it's... The Lord knew they were going to have to go through what they went through, right? Um, but us, the world, I think, like, why would you want to hang out with that hero when you can go to this hero who's going to give you a longer life here on this earth? And, you know, you don't have to go through those, uh, that pain, that suffering, um, but then you have the sinner on the cross, right? Uh, Luke 23, uh, 39 through 43. One of the criminals hanging beside him scoffed, so you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saving yourself and us too while you're at it. But the other criminal uh, protested, don't you fear God even when you have been sentenced to die? We deserve to die for our crimes, but this man hasn't done anything wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, I assure you, today you will be in paradise. Here it's different. He saves him instantly. He lived a whole life of sin, right? Versus the disciples, you see the contrast? Followed him, served him, did everything, and the Lord, you know, allowed them, whatever happened to them, happened to them. Here, a person that is not serving, not, you know, a man of sin that's uh, got caught for crimes and he's, you know, basically, you know, they've ordered him to, uh, to die and the Lord instantly just saves him, right? By allowing him to be uh, part of the kingdom. So just... The contrast, I hope we're seeing it. That's uh, what, what, you know, it, it just his ways are just so unique, so different than what we're used to or what we're willing to accept at times. Um, but here you have uh, a man that was on the cross that was instantly saved. Um, okay. Another uh, situation, Matthew 8, 
uh, chapter 8, verse 24. When Jesus arrived on the other side of the lake, in the region of the gatherings, gatherings, two men who were possessed by demons met him. They lived in a cemetery and were so violent that no one could go through that area. They began screaming at him, Why are you interfering with us, Son of God? Have you come here to torture us before God's appointed time? There happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding in the distance. So the demons begged, If you cast us out, send us into the herd of pigs. All right, go. Jesus commanded them. So the demons came out of the two men and entered the pigs. And the whole herd plunged down the steep hillside into the lake and drowned into the water. The herdsmen fled to the nearby town, telling everyone what happened to the demon-possessed men. Then the entire town came out to meet Jesus, but they begged him to go away and leave them alone. Here, here's another situation where Jesus walks into, and the men, it doesn't say the men asked for his help, right? Um, I didn't read that. It doesn't say the men asked for his help. He just was compassionate, and he was able to save them by rebuking those demons that were residing in those two men instantly, right? Instantly. Uh, you know, w without having them suffer any longer, he just decided instantly to save them um, by rebuking those demons. Um, so, and this is a situation where, again, they didn't ask for help, right? He just came through. Um, I'm sure most of us, all of us, if not, have been in a situation where he just comes through. We don't even know that we need the help at times, right? And he just He's just there. He comes through and he helps us with the situation or circumstance that we're dealing with. I know I've experienced that where, you know, there's an area where I, you know, I don't even think I, you know, existed. And he just revealed and he was able to help, us, help me, deliver me through that. Um, then we have another, uh, the, so the woman with the two mites, Mark chapter 12. 41 through 44. Jesus sat down near the collection box in the temple and watched as the crowds dropped their money. Many rich people put in large amounts. Then a poor widow came and dropped in two small coins. Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I tell you the truth. This poor widow has given more than all the others who are making contributions, for they have a tiny part of their surplus, but she poor as she is, has given everything she had to live on. All right. Sarah, you're sitting next to the, the, the giving box there. Somehow you find out one of us is struggling and we lost everything and you see us going in there and giving the last two of all we have to live on. How, how, do, how would we deal with that situation? What would you do? Yeah, what would you do? If you knew, you know, Jesus was sitting in your same spot, right? He's, he knew what was going on. This lady gave his, her last two 
you know, her last two coins that she had to live on, and she's about to leave the church. What would you do? Well, how? Right. So financially, right? We would jump up. We would probably, you know, ask her if we can bless her financially or buy her some some food, right, to eat. Because knowing that that's all she had, I want, you know, we want to help her, right? That, that's how we would deal with it, right? But here, he didn't do anything. What kind of hero is this? I want to jump up. I want to take care of her right there and then. You know why he didn't do anything? She didn't need a hero. She didn't need a hero. Her faith. Her faith. God knows. She didn't need a hero. And used her to increase the faith in the disciples. Right? But here we're, we're so focused in the physical realm. Right? I would say... And it's getting better, okay? Probably like 80, 85% I'm, I'm in the physical realm. <laughs> 10 to 15% I'm in the spiritual realm. But the Lord's going to change that, right? He's going to switch those ratios around. So, um, but I was just thinking, man, if I was him sitting right there, I'm going to follow that lady. We're going to go to Ralph's. We're going to hook it up. And, you know, uh, we're going to make sure she has a place to stay. But... Um, that's where I think we have to focus. That's where the, Lord's, the Lord knows our spirit, our heart. He's really not too concerned, if you can tell from some of the examples we've seen here, of the physical realm, right? He blesses us, but that's not, you know, his focus. Um, now, this is my favorite part. So, you, we, now we talked about the poor lady giving all she had. Now we're going to focus on the rich young ruler, right? This is in Matthew uh, chapter 19, verse 16 to 30. Someone came to Jesus with this question. Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? Why ask me about what is good, Jesus replied. There is only one who was good. But to answer your question, if you want to receive eternal life, keep the commandments. Which ones? The man asked, and Jesus replied, You must not murder, you must not commit adultery, you must not steal, you must not testify falsely, honor your father and mother, love your neighbor as yourself. I have obeyed all these commandments, the young man replied. What else must I do? Jesus told him, If you want to be perfect, Go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. But when the young man heard this, he went away sad, for he had many possessions. Then Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you the truth. It is very hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. I'll say it again. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were astonished, astounded. Then who is the world? Then who in the world can be saved? They asked. Jesus looked 
at them intently and said, humanly speaking, it is impossible. But with God, everything is possible. Then Peter said to him, we've given up everything to follow you. What will we get? Jesus replied, I assure you that when the world is made new and the Son of Man sits upon the glorious throne, you, will, you who have been my followers will also sit on the 12 thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. And everyone who has given up houses or, or you who have been followers will... No, or houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or property for my sake will receive a hundred times as much in return and will inherit eternal life. But many who are the greatest now will be the least important then. And those who seem least important now will be the greatest then. So, as I was preparing for this message, he allowed me to see exactly why we need a hero through, through, one, through one verse here. But I think most of us struggle with this area. Believers, okay, I'm talking about believers. We struggle here. And as this, you know, number one, let me back up here. There's so many things I want to share, but we have to be careful what we ask for. Here, you know, he's saying, I've done all that. What else do I need to do? Well, we better be prepared to deal with what he's going to ask us to do, right? Um, he is, he loves this, obviously, unconditionally. And he is going to help us with whatever it is um, that we're dealing with. Here, this man, you know, as the scriptures say, he kept the commandments. He's not a murderer. He loves his neighbor. He's done all these great things. But then Jesus says, okay, now leave everything and come. I think we all at times struggle with that. Where, you know, uh, and it's so many different things where we have to just, yeah, put, put that thing aside and allow him to be first in our heart, right? And this man had, for, for him, it was possessions that he, that he owned in this world. And it was hard for him because in his mind, I'm assuming, he's used it to bless people. He's worked so hard for it, right? All these thoughts, all these emotions, uh, the sacrifices he's made, it was hard for him, um, you know, to leave that behind to put God first, but we just have to be careful what we ask for. Um, not to say not to ask for it, but just be prepared to deal with the emotions um, and some of the you know some of the actions that we have to take. We just have to trust Him in that position, in that situation, that he's going to help us get through it. He's going to walk into the furnace with us, right? He's going to deliver us instantly at, at times. We just have to trust, trust in him. Um, and one thing that came to my heart um, from the Lord as, uh, as I was just reading this passage over and over 
is most of us at times struggle with loving our neighbor. And that's, you know, one thing, a couple of scriptures he brought to me was 1 Corinthians 13, 13. Three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. If we can't love our neighbor, God's not first. Please receive this. If we can't love our neighbor, God's not first. My emotion, my selfish emotion, my selfish way is before God. Luke 17, 33. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. If you let your life go, you will save it. Right? If we just let our ways go, we will find life. We'll find what he has for us. But if we continue to cling on those emotions, on those actions that is not of God, that's not honoring God, we're, gonna, we're not going to find our life. We're not going to find all the, the joy, the, the, the blessings that he has for us. We're holding it back. Right. Um, so again, the difference between the heroes of this world, the heroes that we watch versus the archetype of hero is the heroes of this world is saving us from the physical death. But the archetype of hero, our, our Lord and Savior, he's saving us from the spiritual death to eternal life, for eternal life, right? So it's, it's different. Um, and like I said, uh, this last passage, he highlighted to me why we need a hero. And please hear this. This is again Matthew 19, verse 26. I'll back up to 25. The disciples were astounded. Then who in the world can be saved? They asked. Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, what that means is human condition. It's a condition that we have. It's a condition that we have. It is impossible. Only through Him is, is it possible. We need a hero because it's just who we are as humans. It's a condition that we have. Right? How do we keep finding ourselves in, in this position where we need a hero, it's just the simple fact is we're not perfect. Amen. We're not perfect. We're going to struggle, right? We're going to struggle, and we're always going to need a hero. We're always going to need the archetype of hero. All the time until we get to heaven. We're always going to need him, right? Um, just to share a testimony, um, to glorify our Father. We all go through some crazy, crazy situations in life. And at times we don't have an answer why, you know, we go through these things, why He allows us to go through these things, just like some of the examples we read in the Bible today. And, you know, when we came to the Lord, me and Julia, um, 
think it's like eight years ago. Um, I think after it was a year into uh, our relationship with God, um, you know, we, we got pregnant. And we had a miscarriage. Uh, like three and a half months, three months into, into the pregnancy. And, you know, this is a year into our relationship with God. And those questions were being brought to our Father. Why? Why? It's, our, it's the greatest blessing, right? Life, children. And we just didn't understand why, and it was, a, it was, a, it was challenging. It was hard. But um, through his strength, we were able to continue to serve him. Um, and he continued to heal us and restore. But we just have to trust in his ways. We have to trust in his ways. We can't, we can't just think of him coming through like how we look at heroes of this world, right? It's just... He knows what he's doing. He knows what's best for us. And it's going to be whatever is in his will. And looking back now, years, years back, I'm not questioning. I truly feel, if you ask me, I truly feel he did it for a purpose. He did it because at that time, I was a little baby. I was just born again, just a year I didn't really have the relationship I have with the Lord today. And if he did allow that baby to come to life, my focus would definitely be redirected from him to the baby. As hard as it, as it may sound. But I'm okay with it because I know his ways are better than my ways or his understanding is better than my understanding. And now I can see what he allowed. Like, I truly believe, if you ask me, he allowed that to happen. I believe that in my heart, 100%. I believe that he allowed that to happen. As much as we think that's crazy. Why would he do that? Why, why are we serving a God that does this? I trust in his ways, in the, in the future, in his purpose, in his will. Right? Now looking back, we have peace. We have peace. And what happened? Years later... Noel came along. <laughs> who's praising him? Yeah. Who's singing to him? Who's walking with him? Who's seeing him with purple shoes and purple robes? All this stuff. I'm like, I want to see what you're seeing. You know? It's, it's amazing. But as human, it's a condition like we always, like, why? We're, we're so faithful. We're serving. We're doing ministry. We're doing outreach. We're, do, we're reading. We're preaching. We're doing all these things. This is the type of hero you are, right? But it's a human condition. It's just what we are. And that's why we're going to always need our father, the archetype of hero, to be there to save us from all those different situations, all of it. Um, so, uh, as, as you guys know, um, we have been... Um, exercising, closing our eyes, and just, you know, spending some time with the Lord. I don't know about you guys, but I, I enjoy it. 
it's, uh, it's uh, away from time, away from space. Uh, so what I like to do um, this morning is do that for a few minutes while we listen to this song. Um, this is a song that recently I've been enjoying. And um, so let's, let's just do that. And then if you can, please focus in the area that you need the Lord to, to move in, to be your hero uh, this morning and to save you. But be prepared again. As we ask, there might be some tough things that he's going to bring up to you uh, that you're going to have to face and that you're going to have to deal with. But just remember that we can trust him. Whatever it is, we can trust him that he's going to save us um, from whatever that may be. So if we can, let's just um, bow our heads, close our eyes, and just listen to the song and spend some time with the Lord. Trusting God at times, embarrassment, right? Just like the lady at the well had to deal with. Uh, fear that Ray talked about this morning, how this world, the media, is trying to instill fear into our minds uh, from all these things that's going around with the coronavirus and everything else. Um, whatever it may be, um, as we saw today, uh, he continues to be faithful and help us and save us in all circumstances, all different situations. Um, but one thing he reminded me this morning, um, before you guys come up here this morning to bring whatever it is um, to our Father, take some time. And for some of us, it may be a little bit struggle, but have faith. Believe what it is that you're struggling with before you bring it to Him. Because if we don't believe, nothing's going to happen. But if we come up here and believe and know that He might show us some things that we, don't, we may not want to, but knowing that He's going to hold us and strengthen us and give us the courage to overcome it, just please take a few minutes before you get up here, get into a place in your heart, that you, that you believe, that you have faith, that He's going to help you in that exact area, whatever that may be. Only you know and only He knows. And who knows? He may 
bring something to your attention or heal you, just like we saw with the men that were demon-possessed, right? They didn't ask for help. They were overtaken by these demons, but he instantly saved them and healed them. So before you come up here, just please, whatever it is that you bring to him, have faith. Have faith that he's going to help you in that area and he's going to help you overcome whatever it is. He may say, you're going to go this way, this is what it's going to look like, but just believe his way, his will for our life. Amen? Amen? The altars are open. love you to visit our church at 451 West Lambert Road, Suite 204 in the city of Brea. Our service times are Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. For more information, please visit our website at www.thewaybrea.com or you can download our church app by visiting your app store and searching The Way Brea. Be blessed.